my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with 2015 graduate of our program, Gina Gianosa. How are you, Gina? I'm doing great, Dr. Greenwood. How are you? I'm wonderful. It's so great to see your smiling face. Um, Gina was um, such, a, such a special part of the department when she was here. She was one of our, our, um, our peer advisors that, that worked closely with, with Diane Korth. And so I'm super excited to talk to her today. She is currently a, the, the senior building, uh, 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 let me make sure I get this right, senior building services representative for E&J Gallo Winery. I, I think yes. a few people may have heard of E&J Gallo. Uh, uh, that's, that must be exciting to work for such a well-known winery. Yes, yes, it definitely is. And Gallo loves Cal Poly, so it's oh. fun, a fun place to be as a Cal Poly grad. Oh, yes. I I, uh, I do know that. And um, such a, a long, such a long history with supporting Cal Poly and um, and and just really appreciate that. And Gina has been with um, been with E&J Gallo for um, for almost six years now. Right, Gina? Yes, correct. Yeah. So I'm super excited to talk to you about um, about what what you're doing in working in facility management. And uh, but let's go let's go back in time and and, um, and and go to your roots and find out. Let's get to know you a little bit better. Tell us where you're from, Gina. I am from Ripon, California. So it's actually very close to Gallo, which is based out in Modesto. It's uh-huh. Where I currently live, I still live in my hometown, uh, Central Valley, little town, love it here, great community, cannot complain about Ripon. You know what? I thought you were getting ready to like, I'm I'm from Ripon, Roaring, California. And I'm like, what? I was like, I've never heard anybody describe it like that. And I was like, wait a second. The name of the town is Ripon. (laughs) It is Ripon. Yes, it is. I don't know how ripping and roaring it is. It's a very quiet, very sweet, small town community. But, you know, we have our moments. We are the almond capital of the world, from what I'm told. Oh, oh. And and um, but but I'm, I'm sure they're going to be very disappointed to hear the way you pronounce that. You're right. You're right. I already made a mistake. <laughs> for one of my first me, okay. My first year, Gina, when I was teaching, I was teaching a graduate program, it might've been my second year. And, and this, uh, this student said, well, you know, I come from Big Ammon. And I was like, Big Ammon. I was like, what is this guy talking about? And, um, and so I said, I, I have to be honest with you. I have no idea what Big Ammon is. And he was like, oh yeah, you, well, Everyone else pronounces pronounces it almond, but uh, people from the Central Valley who grow up on almond farms pronounce it almond, and I'm like, oh no way! <laughs> yes, you're you're absolutely correct. So, Ripon, city of Ripon, apologies. It's the almond capital of the world, <laughs> right? You know, it's like me being from the South, and uh, when when people hear me uh, say pecan, they're like. Well, what are you, what are you, are you French now? <laughs> you know, and I'm, like, nuances, right? I'm like, I'm sorry, but pecan just sounds too country. I, I, uh, <laughs> I had to, I had to adopt pecan. pecan. <laughs> we have to draw the line somewhere. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so tell me, what did your, what did your parents do growing up? 
So my dad, he owns his own business. He is in the transportation logistics industry, okay. moving primarily food product. So he's done that pretty much my entire life. And then my mom, she was home with my sisters and I for most of my growing up. Uh When I got into high school, she got into working at my high school. She was in an admin over there. And now she's still working in education. She's an HR specialist for one of the districts out here in Modesto. Right on. Awesome. Well, we have some similarities there. My mom was a, my mom stayed at home while I was, uh, while my, me and my, siblings were in school. So I heard you mentioned siblings, um, yes. right? Uh, so uh, brothers and sisters, what, how many? Yes, I have one older sister and one younger sister. So family full of girls. All right. We're very, very close. Love my sisters. And we're awesome. all still local to this area. So we get to stay close to the family, which is special. Right on. Well, let's give a shout out to them. What are they doing now? Oh, they're amazing. My older sister, Jennifer, she works for an organization called Young Life, and she gets to work with young adults and teen mothers. And the work that she does is just absolutely incredible. She kind of walks through them through pregnancy and their early years. And it's very rewarding what she gets to do. And then my younger sister, Gracie, she actually is in the family business. She works for my dad. Right on. Awesome. I love it. I love it. So tell me what young Gina was like growing up. What was your jam? What were you into? Oh my goodness. I was into all kinds of different things. I kind of tested the waters in a lot of different areas. I loved doing dance and theater and I played piano for a while and I wasn't too keen on a lot of sports, but at one point I did find competitive cheer. And so that was kind of something that took me all through middle school and high school, which I loved. Right Um, on. Were you climbing up to the top of the pyramid or were you? I I was for a bit. And then I was the person getting climbed on after that. Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) Either way, it's an interesting I would have been good at the base. I wouldn't have been very good going up high. (laughs) It's definitely nerve wracking. Well, and I mean, that's when you have everybody looking to you. You've got four people supporting you, but it's, I mean, I don't know. There was something about, I, I didn't like doing basketball or soccer or any of those other kinds of sports because it was just some sort of physical object that was coming at me. Uh I'm I'm like dodging it. But if there's a human that's coming and you're the person who has to catch them and protect them, for some reason, I was able to wrap my brain around that. And it was a lot of fun. Nice. I love it. I love it. That's so great. Well, um, growing up, do you remember like, uh, do you remember a, a, a Halloween costume that related to a career that you might one day pursue? Anything that really stands out that you thought of that might be your dream job? You know, were you like dreaming of a of being a farmer or or a uh, or or a um, nurse or you know, you know a doctor or anything like that? <laughs> Nothing quite like that. I think I maybe dreamed of being a princess for sure. (laughs) That was a common costume, a common dream of mine. I I didn't really necessarily have a dream job when I was growing up. Even as I got into high school and I was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do and what I could study in college, I didn't necessarily have a specific place that I landed. I thought that I did initially, but I I thought of all kinds of different things that ended up leading me to to where I was. Right, right. Well, well, let's talk about uh, that leading to where where you ended up here in in beautiful San Luis Obispo. Um, Now, obviously, um, 
uh, Ripon is not that far from from uh, from San Luis Obispo, but um, I'm always curious about the path. You know, um, some people have um, a mother or a dad who went to Cal Poly, or an aunt or an uncle, or something along those lines. Um, what what was your what was your story like? What was your path to Cal Poly? Yeah, yeah, I had one of my good friends from high school okay. who we had, I think we had Spanish class together almost every year. She was a year ahead of me and yeah. she went to Cal Poly. Awesome. And so I went and visited her with my mom and we checked out the campus and I was like, okay, I think that I could really like it down here. There, there was so much opportunity and it was beautiful. I mean, slow is the best place on earth. I just, I love it so much. It's a a magical little city. And I really fell in love with the campus and the programs. And at the time during my senior year of college, I was interested in studying journalism. So that was kind of the path that I was looking at getting into. And I knew about the different opportunities that came with that at Cal Poly. And that was what I had intended to pursue, but that was what really got me interested in the school initially. I, I I didn't really know much about it prior to my senior year, but I knew I wanted to be somewhere that was close enough to where my family was. And I wanted something that was different than what my high school experience had been. I went to a small private school here in the Central Valley in Modesto. And Uh so it was definitely a complete kind of 180, you know, big public school, very different from what I was used to. Right, right. Of course. And so you came in as a journalism major. I did. You did. Okay. So let's now talk about that path of, of finding, um, you know, what at that time was recreation parks and tourism administration and still is the degree, but, but the, the department of of experience industry management, what, what, uh, what led you to us? What's the story there? Yeah. So actually that same friend who encouraged me, I was going to say that same friend, (laughs) same friend. She, so by the time I got there, she was a sophomore, she was a second year and Uh she had told me, you know, I was sharing with her, I don't really know if this degree is right for me. I, I kind of realized right away it wasn't exactly what I was looking to do, which I think is one of the one of the many amazing benefits of the way that Cal Poly is structured is you get to start realizing if you like that degree or not kind of right away. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking to her and she's like, have you heard of you know, this degree, they do events and things like that. And I was always involved in student leadership in school and helping with homecoming and all of those different types of things. And so I thought, okay, well, that sounds really interesting to me. Maybe, maybe I'll look into that. Well, I don't even know if you know this, but I actually decided to leave Cal Poly at the end of my first quarter there. And so I, I came back home And I was like, you know what? I am going to go to one of the local schools here. I'm going to change my major. I think I was thinking of getting into counseling or something like that. It was completely different. Right. So decided to come home. And then while I was here, I ended up going on a trip. I went on and did a humanitarian project out in Guatemala for a week. Uh And while I was there, I really started to realize you know what? I have got to be challenged more than what I'm getting from the curriculum at this school that I'm at right now, which was when I, when I had come home, like it's too, it's too comfortable. If I stay, if I stay here, if I don't go back, I am just going to stay being comfortable and I've got to grow. This has to happen. Yeah. 
So I decided to come back to Cal Poly. I did a summer quarter online to keep uh-huh. my spot at the school. Uh-huh. And then starting fall quarter of what was technically my second year, that was when I started the process of switching into the RPTA degree. Oh, wow. Well, Gina, thank you so much for, for sharing that. You know, the, the vulnerability of sharing something like that. Um just speaks volumes for for who you are because that um, that story you know I I am certain that will help someone out there who listens to this and um, I just uh, just want to can't thank you enough for sharing that and you know um, obviously with with Dr. Rue um, being uh, travel and tourism you know she talks about and I'm sure you probably took a course where she talks about that power of travel and and what what it can do for you in terms of, of opening your mind to, 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 to the things out there in the world that, that are, that are different and that are, are, um, uh, outside of our comfort zones, right. It, it really pushes us to do that. And, um, you know, I, I, I really think that, that one, one element that has, um, contributed to a lot of us struggling is that a bit not lack of ability to travel through the pandemic, you know, and, and we're, we're, we're in our little bubbles and we get comfortable in our bubbles and, and we, and, you know, you see all these things going on in the world that, that scare us. Right. And, yeah. and, and, uh, I know for me, like I, I, I've had a hard time thinking about travel and, 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 um, but, it really does help our spirit. I think it helps our spirit and it helps our, it helps build our confidence and helps uh, change our outlook on the world. Uh, yep, uh, quite, I agree. Quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank yes. you so much. Thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. So, you know, I alluded to, to how involved um, you were here at Cal Poly and um and I don't know that you were the first, were, were you the first, I have a hard time with like years, you were, were you one of the first or the first peer advisor with, with Diane or were you one I of the, was, I was not the first one. I know that there was someone else before me. I might've been fairly early on though. I feel like you must've been fairly early on because, um, yeah, you know, so for, for those who are unaware, we went to a centralized um, advising structure um, where, where Diane Korth was assigned as our um, college level advisor. And, and then she, start, she started um, hiring peer advisors to help. Um, and it really, I, I, can't, I can't say enough how amazing Diane has been as a um, as a resource to this department and as a partner, um, walking hand in hand, work towards student success and and um, her bringing on just amazing peer advisor after amazing peer advisor has just been great. Um, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what um, what that did for you. You know, I heard you say earlier, and I thought of this earlier when you said, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do, right? And um, so I imagine being a peer advisor and seeing all the different paths that so many students take, I imagine that kind of helped you with your own path. Am I right there? Yes. Yeah, it absolutely did. And even being able to be a peer advisor, first of all, your Diane is amazing. She was so much fun to work with and getting to work with her alongside her and the other peer advisors. It was 
beneficial for me to see what all opportunities there are and what the other students were looking into. But it was also really amazing to encourage people, especially some of the younger students. I was it was between my third and the end of my fourth year when I was in that peer advisor position. And so to have kind of the knowledge of what our curriculum is, and what some of the opportunities are, and be able to share that with the younger students. And when they would come in maybe for their second session and they're like, I've got it figured out. This is what I'm thinking of doing. Yeah. It was so fun. I That's one of my favorite jobs, truly, I think that I've had. It was such, it was so much fun. I bet. I bet. That's awesome. Um, well, so I, I, I know you are obviously also involved in lots of other things at, at Cal Poly. And so I want to, to give you a chance to reflect on, you, you know, you, we, we look back at, at our time at, at university and, and some of us, you know, have big sports moments like me, you know, 1993, the Tar Heels won the national championship while I was there in, in men's basketball. And, you know, I, I could never have a better memory than that. But I, I like to give people a chance to to reflect on is, is there is there a memory that really stands out during your during your four years, like where you're like, I'll never forget that. Or is it more like an experience or or a position or something like that? Yeah, I think that one of the most memorable parts of my college experience was my senior year. I had been living with the same group of friends for two years who are still some of my best friends today. They're amazing. Awesome. Shout out to all of them. All right, let's give them a shout out. Can we can, can we give shout outs or do we want to, are we going to accidentally like leave somebody out? Oh, I mean, gosh. I don't want to accidentally leave anybody yeah, out, but yeah, all, all of my Cal Poly friends that I live with. <laughs> they know who they are. <laughs> yeah, well, we had, we had, you know, we had a couple of people. It's like they're honorary roommates because they're here all the time. Uh-huh. And I don't want to forget anybody, but yeah. <laughs> love all of them. Awesome. Um, but I, again, I was kind of feeling like, okay, maybe I need to grow a little bit more. I need a little bit of a challenge. So I actually decided to live with my sorority sisters that year on our sorority property, which within that, the way that it was structured, it was such a unique experience for me because I was one of the older students who was living there. Uh And we kind of had some of these younger students, Uh but I think it, it was so memorable to me because it gave me an opportunity to form really close relationships, even within my last year of being there. And also to be kind of, kind of a mentor to these younger people who were living there. It it was really unique. And I was still able to keep the relationships of the people I was previously living with. And it made my time with them more special because I wasn't with them every single day. But I think it was just another one of those steps where Uh, And I really believe this for everybody. When you feel like you are at a point where you are not really growing anymore, you're a little bit stagnant and you're feeling like Mm -hmm. it's time to step out and do something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I think that that is a gut instinct that we should be listening to in most circumstances. And that was the case for me. And it was, it was hard to be there. There were a lot of things that I hadn't experienced before. And it, there's, a, you know, 25 people living in the same area. And so right. things like how loud it is and people coming in and out and different yeah. things like that. Yeah. But it, but, but it was really beneficial for me to be able to have that live in experience, just getting to know people in a different way. I, I really feel like even in some of my different roles, which I'm sure we'll get to this, but 
I always feel like the people are the most important of anything that you're doing, regardless of, you know, what that job is. The people are always going to be more important than Mm -hmm. the product or the process or whatever that is. And so that was, that was huge for me, just being able to branch out and, um, you know, form those deeper relationships that year. I love it. That's so great. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about uh, the transition um, into, into a career and, and um, you know, our, our current students in particular who are, um, are, are some of the ones who, who listen to this, love hearing about the process of, of getting, uh, getting an internship, right? That's, that's always like really high up on their list. And so um, I, I know that you ended up in a particularly interesting one. So why don't you tell us that story? Yes. So I got to do my internship at Apple in Cupertino. And at the time it was at their main headquarter office. And the way that that came about, I mean, again, and I think, I think that I, I feel like it was Jen Prentice who told us this in one of my classes with her, she had told us it is more about who, you know, than what, you know, and what you're doing, definitely focus on those relationships. And so I was still kind of trying to figure out what I was doing for internship. I had something lined up, but I wasn't a hundred percent set on it. Mm -hmm. And then Dr. Hendricks had reached out to me. He knew I was still kind of teetering a little bit on what I wanted to do. He let me know that there was an alumni who was currently working at Apple from our department, Kiefer, shout out to Kiefer. And she was looking to bring in somebody who could be an intern for a couple of months and potentially turn into a longer term role. And so that was how I made that initial connection. It was through our department, through alumni. I was able to interview and I was able to land that position, which was amazing to be able to get that immediately after school. Even I, and I knew, I knew that Cal Poly was, you know, cranking out some pretty amazing employees immediately after graduation. But I was like, I cannot believe that I am getting to work at Apple right Right. after school. It was, it was incredible. I was, I'm really thankful for that experience. I bet. I bet. And, um, and talk about a couple of iconic brands, you know, Apple and, and Gallo. And so, um, uh, yeah, it's just uh, r- really amazing. So let's talk now about um, the position at Gallo. You, you've been there, like I said, for for almost six years, going on six years, and um, and you know you, you're now um, you're now like like I said earlier, the senior building re- uh, services representative. And um, I told you that I thought you might be one of our first um, facility management uh, uh, positions that that we can talk about. And so I, I want to. I want to talk about what you do there because I think um, I think it's just so important for people, for students to understand, you know, how how vast the industry is and how vast the the position, you know, how how many positions there are that you can that you can find your niche in. And um, but but let's 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 start first. You know, you were originally hired as a as a tour and event coordinator. Yes. Um, so talk about that process leading out of the position with Apple and um, how you got the position with Gallo and what you were initially doing in that first role. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I was at Apple for about a year and then I was looking to work somewhere closer to home. I was commuting out to Apple. Ah. And so I decided to pursue something closer to home. Gala was a company that I have always been interested in. I am local. And so I've always known about Gallo. I know friends who were able to do internships there. And so I thought, you know, I'm just going to start looking at some different positions. And again, people coming into play. I had met someone who worked at Gallo. I met them, I want to say about two weeks after I started at Apple. So it had been a, a year before, but they had told me about this tour and event coordinator position. And they were telling me, it sounds like it's really similar to the things that you studied. If you're interested, just let me know. And so when it got to the point where I was looking to apply for something, I saw this job had posted and I thought, okay, I've, I've, I've got to apply. Well, it turns out the day I was working on submitting my online application, I ran into that same person. I was at an open house with my mom, we, we just like to go around, look at houses for fun. Uh-huh. We went to an open house together. That person was at that open house and I was wearing a Cal Poly headband. They knew I went to Cal Poly yeah. and I was like, do you remember me? I met you about a year ago and we were talking and he was like, yeah, that's great. I'm excited for you to apply. Why don't you go ahead and put me down as your reference? Oh, and wow. so I ended up having somebody refer me for the role, which was phenomenal and uh, went through the interview process, was able to get hired as this tour and event coordinator within the trade hospitality department, which is, I will say one of the, I mean, I think Gallo is amazing in general, but the hospitality department is phenomenal. It was an amazing place to work an incredible first experience at that company. Uh Part of what I was doing, I was scheduling, planning, coordinating events for our North Coast and Central Coast properties. Uh So the way that our company works is we have our headquarters in Modesto, and then we have wineries and tasting rooms and all of these different locations kind of all over the place. All over, yeah. So our team were based in Modesto, but we were planning events for these other sites. And so we would have people in those partner sites who would actually go out and host the events. And when we had events in Modesto, we would get to host those. And we also got to host tours of the Modesto winery facility, which I loved. That was probably my favorite part of the role. And because we're giving tours of this facility and it includes the facility, the history of the company, production, miscellaneous questions. It was about an hour and a half long tour that we were giving. Uh It was kind of like a crash course into Gallo right when I was starting there, my very first year. And I I really feel like having that foundation really just set me up for success at the company because I was able to learn so much, not just about the company and how it started, but how it functions and who these people are and who those people are and how everybody works together. And it was, it was absolutely incredible. I still have some amazing friends that work in that department. Um, Shout out to Natalie Cal Poly grad, who is the supervisor over there now, but their, their team is just amazing. And part of what I got to do a few months into that role is I was asked to lead the tours for our CEO and his guests. And through that process, I was able to make a connection with our, at the time, director of facilities because Uh he was part of leading the tours also. Right. And so through that, I was able to get 
introduced to him. And when the opportunity for the building services representative position came about, I was able to kind of get my foot in the door from that connection that I had made. And I have been in this role for almost five years. I became a senior representative about six months ago, which was really Uh, exciting. Congrats on the promotion. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It it was interesting, the kind of pathway to get there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell us what your what your day to day. You know, I think um, you know, obviously when we say um, a, a tour and events coordinator, right? I mean, most of our students who are are, are interested in special events, of course, that kind of clicks with them, and you know, um, a wine club manager that clicks with them, you know. But um, uh, since we don't teach facility management um, I- exactly, I mean, it's embedded in our risk management now. Um, and, and some of the, uh, some of the, uh, older alumni who are listening might be like, what, you don't teach facility management anymore. Cause I, <laughs> I used to teach it. I used to teach RPTA 350, which is our, uh, facility management course. But, um, uh, tell us what your, tell us what your day-to-day is like. Tell us what your responsibilities, what gets you up every day? Yeah. Yeah. So my primary responsibilities, I, I pretty much manage all of the building aesthetics, the facilities of the building, different special events and larger meetings that are taking place at our buildings. We have three main office buildings on our site. And so I manage three of them. One of them is kind of where I'm based at. It's kind of our hub building. It's called the Dry Creek Building. It's our newer building on campus. Gorgeous, stunning building. I love it so much. Yeah. And so a a big part of what I do is just making sure that everything is up and running as it should be. Mm -hmm. I help people schedule and coordinate their larger meetings that they're having on site. I get to work primarily with our internal partners, people from all across the business, right? These rooms and these spaces are open for anybody to use. And so I get a lot of interaction with pretty much any level of employee, any department that they're in, which is really interesting. And another huge part of what my responsibilities are is the food service management for our campus. We have on-site markets, we have food trucks, we have pop-up vendors that we work with. And so I manage the relationships between all of those vendors and then also what happens actually on-site for all of food service. I love that. I think so many people like would not realize that um, that being a, 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 a in facility management, being in building services, I don't think they would realize until hearing you say that that you're working with every single entity across the business, right? Because everyone has to use the facilities, right? And so everyone has yeah, to use the so, facilities. Yes. Yeah. And so you're still using some of your event skills and you're still, it's, it's incredibly great. I'm, I would imagine to have someone with event experience in a facility management position. And, um, you know, because I think sometimes you get um, people who are more, on the 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 technical side, the 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 building spec side, if you will, you know. So you, I think some t- sometimes people will think to themselves, "Oh, that must mean that they're doing all the maintenance on the building." Like, no, 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 they're overseeing the people, and sure, they have to make sure that happens. But as a facility manager, you're doing so much more. Is that right? Yes, yeah. So it's all of the 
building amenities, building aesthetics, building events, pretty much anything that would take place in that building. And then not just those aspects, but also the people, right? I get a lot of feedback from people on, hey, I think that we should do something like this. Or have you thought of this event? Have you worked with this vendor before? And so it is a lot of relationship building between, mm-hmm. again, kind of all different levels of people. I can, in one day, I could be giving our CEO a tour. I could be helping a new intern get set up on a printer. And I could be meeting with vendors from our food service company to figure out how we're going to improve sales at our markets. It's really, really broad. And that's something that I love about it. Mm -hmm. And then I, another thing I get to work with is because my role does fall within facilities, I do a very little bit get to hear more so about the technical side of things. Mm-hmm. I am part of the communications team for facilities. Mm-hmm. And so if we're ever having, you know, landscaping work that's being done or installation of electrical parking spots in the parking lot and we have to close down certain areas, I will work on the communications of those, make sure that they are edited and distributed out to whatever parties need to receive them. And so again, that is working with our facilities team, but then also communicating out to anybody who it might affect, working with our corporate communications department, getting any feedback that they might have if we have to get HR involved or security involved. It touches a whole lot of different areas. Right, right. So it's where it's wearing that management hat and, um, and being a good being a good communicator and, um, and making sure lots and lots and uh, balls being juggled or or kept in the air, right? Yes, that's a great way to describe it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and I I didn't mean to, to slight your technical knowledge. I'm sure you, um, I'm sure you have to develop that. Is it, is it like, um, you know, we're, we've, we've, gone down the um, analytics path, right? Our, our students have to take an analytics course now. And, um, and one of the things that we say with that is you don't know, you don't have to know exactly how to do the analytics. You have to know how to interpret it and communicate it and be effective in bringing people together around it, right? And so I would imagine that applies in a facility management position as well, right? You don't necessarily know, have to know how to hook up the electric system or how to make sure the HVAC is working, but you got to be able to speak that language so that when, uh, when, you know, when the, the people who are doing it, um, uh, you, you don't, you don't seem like you're, you're completely clueless. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. For me, it's all about knowing who I need to connect with so right. that they can let me know what is going on so that I can tell Right. the rest of the team or the department or the building what's right. going on. Right. You can't say what's at HVAC. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm like, I've le- and I've learned a little bit here and there. I, I, when I first came into it, my facilities technical knowledge was very, very low. And because uh-huh. I've been in it for a while now, I hear uh-huh. the terms and I'm like, okay, wait, what is that? Can you explain uh-huh. this to me? And I've gotten to work on a couple of different projects. I got to dip my toe a little bit in a construction project at one point. And so, you know, throughout the pandemic, I got to do a lot of different things, right? Because our buildings were closed. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you next. So that's a great segue. Um, What was, uh, what was it like during the pandemic? How did, um, did, did, how did Gallo, how did Gallo support you as an employee? Yeah. Um, those sorts of things. Yeah. So Gallo was 
amazing throughout the pandemic. I will say, you know, it is a production company. We have a product that we have to get out. And so our production staff and support for production, just major props to them. You know, they were coming in every single day. Our environmental health and safety team was making sure that we had protocols in place for people to be safe. We actually had a team of employee volunteers where we made one of our bottling lines for hand sanitizer. We developed a whole bunch of hand sanitizer that we were getting out to emergency services and our different counties and churches and different organizations throughout our area, which was amazing. Wow. For my role in particular, you know, typically I was always in the office every single day would not work remote, right? I mean, facilities have got to be in the building. And now I'm told I can't be there and nobody is there. So it was kind of like, well, what what do we do? So there are still things that have to be done. Our facilities team was still on site for a good amount. I was probably home myself for a couple of months. And then by you know end of May 2020, I was going in every now and then. And luckily I was able to go in more often after that. Mm-hmm. But I did get put on different projects with our sourcing department, getting PPE out to all of our sites, mm-hmm. with our corporate communications team putting together a playbook of what are the different signs that we need to put up on all of our facilities? What are the different cleaning sanitizing kits that we need to put in every single building. Where do we need to put them? Who do we need to work with that's in facilities at each of these sites? Because we were looking at not just Modesto, but all of our different sites where we were trying to put this together for. And so that was an interesting experience. And then fast forward a year to 2021, when we had our big kind of official return to office, I got to be part of the planning team for that, getting events put together and different things that were going to engage people to come back into the office. And that's actually a big part of what I'm currently working on. We're trying to, you know, revitalize and get people to want to be at Gallo. Mm -hmm. I think that the culture at Gallo is so incredible. We are a family owned company and we're a family oriented company. And part of being a family is being physically together. And so we are really flexible in how people can work now, but we also value being physically present together. And so I'm I'm getting to work a lot on projects that are focused on that, which has been really interesting working with HR partners and marketing and again, getting to work really cross-functionally, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, as you were talking, Gina, I started thinking to myself, you know, I imagine with your skill set and 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 hopefully with the skill set that that a lot or or most of our graduates are are going out into the workforce with that ability um, through experience design and through a management centered degree to be able to work cross functionally right seems like in particular during a pandemic that would be a really really beneficial thing and i've 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 heard from so many of our alumni who have talked about like we pivoted and did this and we were here and did that and, you know i i just um you know hearing like a parks and recreation director talk about um rally, rallying their staff to contact every single person 65 and over 
in the community to make sure they were okay, you know, stuff like that. Like, you know, and then, and then hearing you talk about putting PPE together and, and all kinds of things and rallying for crisis communication. It's just like, it just, for me, magnifies, um, uh, what special people that come, uh, what special people come through our department. Right. And, um, and that hopefully we're giving you the, the skills and the confidence and the um, and the, the the learn by doing centered education to help you, you know, get out there and really make a difference in the world. You would probably laugh at the amount of times I say learn by doing. I say <laughs> it all the time. I have my little Cal Poly crowd little fan that I got at commencement. It's posted yeah. up at my desk at work, I and 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 that is it's truly a skill that it benefited me so much going into the workforce, I think. And I, I will tell anybody that, that the way that the program is structured by not encouraging you, but requiring you to get real experience throughout your time in college, it is so valuable. And it, I mean, if it's paid great, but if not, it's experience and you're taking that into whatever your next job is. And I will say, even having the foundation of the I was a conference center coordinator at Apple. So it was kind of a mix of the two roles that I've had at Gallo right, and going yeah. from that into a really event centric focused job initially at Gallo, then back into something that was more in facilities. Yeah. It all has kind of tied together right. and you do truly, you, you learn by doing. I, yeah. I was listening to another podcast the other day and they said yeah. something like, you don't want to say that you fail, but you fall. Right. And you get back up again right. because that's the truth. I mean, even if you're changing careers or pivoting, or if it's a project that you're working on and it's not working, I have experienced that so much, especially in facilities. We're always trying to innovate and update processes and improve communication, all kinds of different things. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And if it doesn't, that's okay. We that's tried okay. it. Yeah, we, we, right. we, we learned that it didn't work because we did it. And now we're going to move on to the next thing. And that truly is something that coming from the program at Cal Poly, I, I just learned how valuable it was. And I have definitely taken that with me throughout my career. And I'm sure moving forward, I will just continue to promote, right. learn by doing. Right. Well, I love it. And, um, and that's such a good, uh, that's such a good note to, to end on. And um, I just want to say, we can't thank you enough and, and be sure that you know that, that, um, that Dr. Greenwood here is, um, is, is cheering you along every step of the way, whenever thank I, you. whenever I see you pop up and it's just so great to get to talk to you. And, um, you know, uh, the, <laughs> this, uh, people ask me like, uh, what, what's it like doing this podcast? I'm like, it's the greatest because I get to connect with people that, um, you know, in a, in a prior life, I never really got to ever see again or talk to again. Right. You know, I mean, I, one of the things I really uh, disliked about my job is that, you know, we, we get to know, we get to know you and we get to care about you as students. And then, and then you move on and we, you know, we're lucky if we ever see you again, you know, or talk to you again. And, um, and so the awesome thing about this podcast is getting to do that and um, getting to see your smiling face and hear, uh, hear all the successes that you're having out in the working world is just fabulous. And um, I hope you'll stay in touch and uh, just really appreciate you giving back. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun.
Thank you. Take care.